Four, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the six o'clock pairing. On the tee, from River West, please welcome Gabe Neitzel. Also on the tee, from the third ward, this is Stephen Watson. It's Monday evening, and you're on the tee. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Now to take you around the course. Live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at Radio City. Alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. We're going to get something that we would never get from Stephen Watson on today's show, and that's perspective on live golf. Shots fired. You're good. No, no, no. I mean, we we are very anti-live on this show, and Nolan Murphy, who's filling in, he's our cousin sub of the day, for uh, Stephen Watson, who's been here, there, and everywhere, uh, covering the Brewers tonight, and he was in Toronto, and he's just been all over the place. Uh, He was in Toronto for a wedding. So you actually went to the live event in Chicago. Yeah, Friday, Rich Harvest Farms. I wouldn't even consider Chicago. It was so far west. I felt like it was in like, Iowa. I, I feel like they did the same thing with, with with Live Golf in Boston. Like it was forty five minutes. It outside was in a cornfield, Gabe. It was yeah. you know like you're from Horicon originally. It yes. felt like Horicon. Um, <laughs> yeah, shout out the Horicon Hills. Live was awesome, but it's President's Cup week, which do correlate each other. You know, I think that is the biggest headline at the President's Cup, which is later this week at Quail Hollow is um, the impact of the Live Tour. But I'm glad I went. I do not know if I will go back, to be honest, as a golf fan. It just didn't have the juice of a PGA Tour tournament. There was a lot of cool things. You know, Gabe, you and I play a lot of golf together. We play music. The music is not like this concert. Now, there is cool fan experiences, but a lot of tour tournaments have awesome fan experiences. They have concerts after. And... There's not a lot of golf going on. There's only 48 guys. You know, Thursday, Friday of a PGA Tour tournament, you might have 120, 130 guys playing uh, or, you know, on, in the women's LPGA Tour. So there's just not a lot of action. So you have spent time at our West Palm office for yep. Hookcomer Brands. And it's, unfortunately, it has not become a, it's, it's been diminished on the PGA Tour over the years because of its spot on the schedule. But a big event every year for our West Palm Station is the Honda Classic. Yep. It is a huge event. And one of the things that I'm really curious about from your perspective being there for Liv is the shotgun start is very much a made-for-TV product. It, it fits in a tight TV window. You get an opportunity to see more people. That being said, like I've watched some of it, and it's a lot of shots a lot of times without context. Like, oh, DJ's hitting the shot over here, and this person's now hitting their second shot into the fourth, which I don't know what the fourth is because it was a shotgun start. And it's, I have no idea what this golf course is because I haven't really ever seen it before. But being on premise, especially if you go to like a corp- corporate hospitality thing, like I've gone to some corporate hospitality for the American Family Insurance Championship with our friends over at ESPN Madison. And like you sit up there and you just watch people come through and it's great. And it's like, it's an all day thing. You're like sitting up there, you're drinking, you're eating, you're having a good time. And I can see how like being on site, you're expecting something to go, okay, I'll be here for, you know, pretty much the full day. And that's just not how it works for Liv. Yeah, the best part, I think, about being at a tour event is the 
A, the hospitality, the premium corporate hospitality, and then the ability to just sit in a grandstand on a par three and, you know, watch five, six, seven groups go through or just follow someone on, you know, nine holes of the course. You can do those all in the same day sometimes. You can't do that at Live. There was not the grandstands yet built up and well, there was be- one house. It's, it's new. It's in the beta year. There was one area uh, I kind of checked out, but it just didn't have that buzz. Now, the access was amazing. Oh, I mean, sure. I said something to Phil. I said something to DJ. I saw Bubba Watson. He was doing some, you know, on course, um, you know, kind of media work. Uh, saw Cam Smith, saw Bryson, but the galleries were one too deep, and they don't care. Obviously, they are not, you know, the funding doesn't matter there, well, but it just didn't have the buzz, it didn't have the juice, um, and the food was overpriced. I thought the food and beer would, you know, and maybe I missed that along the way of this build up to the lift tour. I thought we were getting like Masters $2 beers. That wasn't the case. That was not it? the case, and that's a bummer. I think that if money doesn't matter, then they should be giving stuff away. Yeah, to try to get people there, right? And. My problem with Liv is the telecast overhypes what the, from what you're now describing, in-person experience is. Because here's the thing, Jerry Fultz. Like, I have eyes. I can see there's people around 18 in the one grandstand you've built. But when you cut to Chase Kepka hitting a shot on the ninth, I see there's nobody there. Like, I can, I can see with my own eyes that there's not a single person who's actually watching and paying attention to that event uh, out there. Like, they're going to, sure, they'll, they'll build up on 18, but it just, they actually don't have that many people who are attending these events right now. No, and selfishly, the access was great. I saw Scotty Pippen, saw Paulina Gretzky, but I walked across the 15th fairway. Scotty no, Pippen was there? Yeah, you know, they probably had the Chicago who's who there, but I walked across the 15th fairway and no one said anything. <laughs> like, 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 you know, like that would, you would get tackled at any tour event. <laughs> If you just walked across, you just, I didn't just, want to walk around. So it was like, literally, it saved me a half a mile of walking. <laughs> I was at the back end of Rich Harvest Farms, which is a huge golf oh, course. Huge piece of property. And, yeah. um, you know, extremely nice. The golf course itself was gorgeous and very tricky, it looked like, and very firm fairways. But at one point, I was the, with the group I was with. I'm like, let's just cut across this rope. And thankfully, we didn't get, you know, Bryson DeChambeau by the rope, <laughs> which if you did not see that on social media, Bryson, I hope he's okay. He got decapitated by that rope over the weekend. Uh, but yeah, we just scooted across the fairway after Brooks went through. Bryson getting hit by that rope is quite possibly one of my favorite things to develop from the live tour. Oh, yeah. Bryson has had a tough year. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, So it was a rough week for Bryson because Bryson fancies himself this athlete, this really, you know, he's he's working out all the time. He's And by the way, has anybody noticed... What's happened to Bryson? He's kind of getting back to pre-pandemic size. I think his body can't hold the mass it had at sure. some point. Uh, so he's getting smaller, um, which I also noticed. But also, he threw out a first pitch at a White Sox game. Like, it's... Look, I want to be one of those people that stands up and says, Hey, golfers are athletes. Here's one of the things we can't allow to happen. Like, Phil Mickelson and... It's one of my favorite stories that I had completely forgotten about that came out as part of the Alan Shipnuck um, book when Phil thought he could legitimately be a minor league baseball pitcher and decided to try to pursue that and threw so much that he threw his arm up. But like Phil is actually a natural athlete, and when he throws, it looks natural. We cannot... And I'm using the royal we, like as golfers. I don't care if you're live. I don't care if you're PGA Tour, LPGA Tour. I don't care where you're coming from. But we cannot, if we want to prop up golfers as athletes, 
allow people like Bryson DeChambeau to throw out first pitches. Phil, yes, go throw out the first pitch because Phil can athletically pull that off. Bryson DeChambeau cannot. It was a bad first pitch. It was a bad-looking first pitch. It was an unathletic-looking first pitch. And then he follows that up by not being able to duck under a rope and like acting like getting hit with that rope in the eye was like he got hit by a middle linebacker going over the middle. Like I've 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 seen other I've seen guys that have been hurt in NFL games get up quicker than I saw Bryson DeChambeau getting hit in the oh it hit me right in the eye I can't see out of my right eye is the quote that he was giving during that video it was hilarious is there anyone more you know unathletic on the tour that you know or the live tour that you would you know want to see throw at a first pitch <sighs> Harry Higgs Pat Perez I bet Harry Higgs is a better athlete I bet Harry Higgs can throw a baseball I bet he can I bet he can throw a baseball better than Bryson. Um, I mean, I bet Brooks can because Brooks Rory, fancies no chance. him. I mean, Rory's a great athlete; he's in yeah. great shape, but he doesn't know how to play baseball. No, I don't know if he can. I don't know if he can throw. Um, I'm just trying to think of these like multi-sport athletes. Like, didn't John Daly recently throw out a first pitch and it was like perfect? Oh yeah, well, yeah. he's probably smoking a cigarette. Oh so. yeah, I mean, he had a heater in his mouth as he did it. Like he had. I mean, if he Paige Baranek threw out the first pitch on Friday at the Brewers she game, did, she was really nervous about that too. Because um, I was talking with her on Thursday at the event that X Golf had before they opened to the public on Friday, and she was out there. She's an X she's an S Golf ambassador, so I had a chance to uh, meet and talk with her a little bit. She was very very nervous, and I I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but Keston Hero was the one who initially said that he was going to catch for her, and then it was actually Christian Yelich who went out and caught for her for that first big time Yelich move so right there. Big yeah, time Yelich move I don't know there. If Christian just say. like pulled rank on Keston at that point, but Christian was the one who went out and caught her first pitch for her. That's our franchise uh, player it. right there. <laughs> That's what I love to see out of Yelly. He's the one who went out and caught for her. But, man, every time I try to watch Liv on YouTube, I just can't get into it. I, I know. I just, it's it's hard for me to really buy in. And maybe it's because I know Max Homa's story and root for him. And we've had him, you, I mean, you're the one who got him on the show for us uh, here on On the T, Nolan. But you would think that it would be easier to get into an event that Cam Smith wins versus the one that featured Danny Willett, Justin Lauer, and Max Homa in the final group. And Napa last... that nobody really cared about till the finish. But during the last three holes, I was locked in, man. Like, and, and by the way, the PGA Tour screwed that up with the way that it was just unavailable to watch live until the final three holes happened to be available um, because they were sh- going to show it on tape delay on Golf Channel and the streaming experience was terrible. If you it's 2022. It. Why are we tape delaying things? Why are we, you know, but that's for another day, Jay Monahan. <sighs> that's, yeah, I mean... It's it's amazing how much the people in charge of their respective tours are very bad at their respective jobs. Yeah. Like Greg Norman, eventually once once live get but I'll, I'll try to explain this the way I feel about Greg Norman. I think that Greg Norman is the Jason Kidd of the live tour. Jason Kidd served a purpose for the Bucks when he came in. Brought them some notoriety. Oh, Jason Kidd's coaching the Bucks, And I actually think he did some good things for Giannis individually. Ultimately, the Bucks weren't going to win a championship with Jason Kidd as their head coach. They had to move on and get somebody else. I think Greg Norman has probably done some good things for Liv in terms of being aggressive and being an agitator. In order for Liv to do the things they actually probably want to do, Greg Norman can't be your commissioner. 
Well, to make another Bucks coaching analogy, it's the Scott Skiles rule. He gets the young team going. He, <laughs> you know, he gets them to play hard. Uh, Scott Skiles feels like he's done that for about five NBA teams. I think Norman, you know, he, he's been fired a lot of places. Greg yeah. Norman has. Um, he does not get along with a lot of people. That is a huge storyline, I think, for the President's Cup this week, that he was ousted after being a captain on the international team. You know, mm-hmm. He was basically removed from any connection there. He seems to have not great endings at a lot of the places he partners with. No, he just, I mean, again, he's an agitator. And live right now just wants someone who's going to piss off the PGA Tour. And Greg Norman is that guy. Greg Norman is a guy who tried to start his own tour back in the 90s, which is where the World Golf Championship events eventually were birthed from him trying to break off and, and have those different events, which is why he fits now. But I think... At some point, he's going to be replaced because I don't... Again, he continuously says dumb things about the Live Tour that doesn't help his cause. Greg Norman is an amazing salesperson. You know, I heard a lot of his interviews last week, one courtesy of ESPN Chicago. Greg Norman... I want Live to... I, I think I want Live to succeed because I find it interesting, but you are spot on, Gabe. Without a broadcast deal for golf fans like you and I, it just doesn't move the needle. I want to be able to watch golf on YouTube TV or Hulu. I don't want to have to throw up YouTube. It just doesn't feel real. I want to be able to jump back and forth between a college football game and watch the live tour or put it on another TV. So we'll see. On the T's opening segment brought to you by Heartland Movement Center. Improve your golf game with a personalized approach from their experienced team. Learn more at heartlandmovementcenter.com. Our own Dominic Catronio. He was caddying out at Aaron Hills, which is one of the many jobs that he has. Of course, he's uh, the host of, um, of of Brewers Extra Innings over on WTMJ. Well, he's also a caddy at Aaron Hills, and he was caddying during the mid-am this past week. His player made a pretty good run. We're going to talk with Dom about that coming up next on the team. The opening segment was brought to you by Heartland Movement Center. Improve your golf game with a personalized approach from their experienced team. Learn more at heartlandmovementcenter.com. On the Tee with Gabe and Steven continues next on 94.5 ESPN. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Steven Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Excited to talk to our next guest because uh, he had a unique experience that very few people have had. He got to caddy in a USGA National Championship, and his player went on a run. Uh, he is uh, the host of Brewers Extra Innings. Catch him on WTMJ after most Brewers games. He is Dominic Cotroneo. And Dom, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, first, let's start with how did you get into being a caddy at Aaron Hills? Yeah, so thanks for having me, guys. So basically, the way it worked out was when I first moved to Milwaukee, my role with the Brewers was part-time and needed something to make sure to pay the rent, you know? So uh, I used to caddy in Scottsdale, Arizona, where I'm from, and uh, who wouldn't want to caddy at an amazing place like Aaron Hills? So oh, this is my second season at Aaron Hills. I still do that as my day job. And uh, I basically, you know, if the Brewers have a night game, I will wake up, go straight to the course, caddy for five hours, shower up, get straight to the game, then do all my work post game, go to bed and do it all over again. So uh, I'm the busiest, but also the luckiest guy in the world. 
Dom, there's a correlation between your Brewers job and Aaron Hills. You know, Gabe and Steven had Brandon Woodruff on earlier this year. They've had your counterpart, Brian Anderson, on. I mean, are the Brewers players hitting you up for tea times? Like, do they get preferential access? <laughs> you know, it's funny. The Brewers, is less so the Brewers hitting me up, but more visiting teams hitting me up, actually. I've got a few guys uh, that have reached out to me via Instagram. Like, hey, Dom, can you help me get out here? And then I remind them, like, hey, it's walking only. And suddenly the interest is kind of uh, – kind of sparse from there on when they realize oh wait walking only i gotta be ready to play i gotta be at batting practice by three Ooh, it's probably not gonna work for me but it's kind of funny how it's all there are some pretty uh, good baseball players and some some athletes that roll through there summertime we're pretty popular with some hockey players and uh jj watt was out there at the start of the season too so it's a, it's a pretty cool gig Dom Cutroneo is our guest here on the tee, uh, catching Brewers extra innings, also caddies out at Aaron Hills. So how did the opportunity to be able to caddy in the mid-am work? Some guys were interested in local caddies. You had to volunteer for it. How did that opportunity come about? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, 256 players in the field. Not everybody's bringing their own caddy. Uh, so basically the way it worked out for us inside the barn was, well, we had been closed for, you know, the first five days of September prior, given the course of breather and trying to make sure everything was ready to go. But, you know, some guys took it as an opportunity to take a vacation. Nobody was obligated that they had to work via mid-amateur. But the way it worked out for me was I initially wasn't actually planning on working the mid-am because with the Brewers schedule, there was a couple off days coming up. And quite frankly, I was really looking forward to those off days. But uh, I got a, an all-call email from my, my caddy master saying like, hey, um, we just need bodies for the stroke play portion because it is such a massive uh, thing. So I said, you know what? Three out of four guys aren't going to make it to match play. I would hate it, you know, to have my guy make match play. But, look, I needed to help out, you know, the team here at Aaron Hill. So I said, hey, hey Tim, uh, I can help out whatever you need if you need somebody to do it. Yeah, cool. You're with James Liao. And I'm like, wait a minute. I just watched James because I'm a Sun Devil myself. I just watched James in the national championship. So I show up there at Blue Mound. And I'm like, I know this kid's nasty, and I know this kid's really good. I'm watching him play. I'm watching him warm up. And then, lo and behold, we shoot five under in Blue Mountain. I'm like, well, I guess I've been this for a long while. So, uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty special to watch. I mean, we were in contention for medalists, and then match play kind of spoke for itself, man. That was some beautiful golf that he was playing in those first two rounds. So how, how well do you know Blue Mountain? Because that had to be the tough part. You've been a caddy out at Aaron Hills, so you understand the course, you know the course. But when you're going into a place like Blue Mound, especially where those greens are the defense of that course and there's some subtleties that you may have to help out, like, how did you handle caddying at Blue Mound? So it's funny because I actually was lucky enough to play Blue Mound as a guest last summer, so I had a little bit of recollection of it. But fun fact for both rounds, my yardage book was not USGA compliant, so I had to leave it in my uh, trunk. So all I was rolling with was the, the pin sheet. And quite frankly, at Blue Mound, thanks to my previous knowledge and also James having already played a practice round, we had already had a plan figured out of what holes were drivers, what holes were our lines, you know. But also Blue Mound is very much like once you know where you need to be angle-wise and once you know where the flagstick is, you're A-OK. But when it comes to Aaron Hills, you know, Obviously, the comfort level there is through the roof, and I think it really paid off there with James in the, in the match play rounds as well and the comfort. But for Blue Mound, basically it was give James the number, and he was going to hit that number, man. It was a beautiful display of ball striking and putting that he had to shoot five under at that place. Dom, we were all, you know, the torrential downpour last week in Milwaukee Sunday and Monday really affected all of us. What were the conditions like, and like how did you fight through them? Because, I mean, most golf courses were closed in the area on Monday. 
Yeah, it was really wild. You know what? I want to give a huge shout-out to all of the superintendents and all of the golf course maintenance workers that helped us out because uh, I know at Blue Mound, they got the brunt of it. And Aaron Hills, we drained really, really well. We got about four inches. Uh, we got more than four inches from what I understood of Blue Mound. And if you've stood on that property, you know, there's not a lot of places for that water to go. So uh, it was a grind on Sunday from everyone that told me. I mean, squeegees, folks were arriving at 2 a.m. to help squeegee out and pump out bunkers. And the fact that they got that course playable by noon was a heck of a feat. I just tip my cap to everybody. And we had kind of the luck of the draw, if you will, because we played Blue Mound on Saturday, had our round completed. We didn't even start uh, a round at all on Sunday before, obviously, round was canceled. And we only got six holes in on Monday in the resumption of play. So by the time we got back to Aaron Hills, it was pretty much dried out and good to go again. So we never had to worry about sloshing through puddles or anything like that. But that's also a testament to how great the maintenance crews everyone did. And even the guys that played Blue Mound on day two told me, like, dude, they couldn't even tell that there was five inches of rain the day before. Absolute hat tip to everybody involved. Talking with Dom Cotroneo, you can catch him on Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ, but he's also a caddy out of Aaron Hills, just caddied during the 31st U.S. Mid-Am that was happening out there. So you mentioned that you got the invite, you got to play Blue Mound Country Club. When you play rounds of golf, does your mind work different than most people now because you've been a caddy, you've caddied in Scottsdale, you've caddied in Aaron Hills? Because when I go out and play, and, and even if I were to go out to Blue Mound again, it's been a couple of years since I've been out there, Dom, I don't know if I would necessarily remember, oh yeah, this hole, I have to be at this angle. So having that more analytical thought process as a caddy, has that helped you in your own golf game? I've been very lucky to have always been considered one of those, oh, good player in his own right side players. Um, you know, when I'm playing with my players and inevitably you get asked like, Oh, what's your handicap? How well are you? I'm like, well, I played four years of high school golf in Arizona. I played on the club team at Arizona state. And I basically maintained a one or a two handicap for the last five years. So, but when it comes to caddying, it's just keeping things simple is a really good reminder for players like me that just like, I'm helping a 25 handicapper get through a U.S. open course, right? It's supposed to be hard. But keeping things simple is something we just forget to do sometimes as, as players in golf because, hey, what's my object here? Do I want to hit it low? Do I want to hit it high? Do I want to hit it on the ground? Do I want to hit it to this spot? Do I want to be passable? Like, you can get lost in the sauce a little bit, but like, hey, just hit it in the center of the face and hit this number and you'll be fine. You know, Being simple, is, I think, has really helped out my game, specifically with caddying and trying to make things – I'm very much a less is more type guy, especially with my guests at Aaron Hills because – you can, like I said, you can get lost in the sauce real quick and get intimidated, but just keep it easy, and no one's going to get freaked out. Dom, who's the best golfer on the Brewers roster right now? Oh, it's got to be Woodruff or Burns. I mean, it's one of those two guys. Burns played in the Pro Am last year uh, at the Phoenix Open. Uh, I think he won the long drive competition too, which is to nobody's surprise. Uh, it's definitely one of those two guys. BA's up there. I'm up there. If you want to consider us as part of the uh, the Brewers contingent, love to hear but, that. Uh, it definitely burns uh, right now from, from what I've heard and what I've talked to. In fact, I was just talking to Josh Donaldson in the Yankees clubhouse this past weekend. He was telling me he got down to a plus four this past offseason, but just had a, a baby, and uh, now he's playing for the Yankees, obviously, so there's not much time to play golf. So uh, he, he's bummed to see that handicap rise is coming off season. Dom, what's your best story that you have from your time of being a caddy at Aaron Hills? Oh, wow. Where do I begin? I mean, I've caddied for some incredible people, famous and not famous, local and from all over the place. But 
Um, I mean, James, I mean, an eight and seven run is an epic story in itself because he didn't know he won on the 11th green. Um, I actually had to stop him and be like, no, you won. Like he was moving on kind of like Anthony Kim was uh, in the Ryder Cup. (laughs) And I think it was, I'm like, dude, it's over. It's it's eight and seven. You won. But then one story real quick is that uh, there was an amateur or uh, a a guest that we had, and I'm not going to reveal his name. He's not from Wisconsin, but um, as you know, you guys have been to the property. There's only four trees on the golf course, right? I mean, and even those are really not in play, but yet this guy found a way to hit all four trees while I was catting for him during this round. And by the 15th hole, when he hit the tree for the fourth time, I was like, hey, man, we give out T-shirts for that kind of stuff, man. That was an epic day. And uh, he didn't really appreciate it, but I, I thought it was a good ribbing for him. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you hit all four trees on the property, yes, I think a T-shirt is certainly in order. more impressive than all in one. Like, you got to kind of be trying to do that because, I mean, he duck hooks it on five to hit that tree on the left. Then he mega slices it on eight. Uh, and then, uh, let me think, and then on 15, he duck hooks it again into that tree. So it's just like, and then he, uh, he airmailed it on seven into the right underneath that tree. So I don't think he technically hit that tree, but I'm just like, that's dude, close that, enough. That was yeah. Getting struck by you. lightning was next, I feel like. Jeez. <laughs> Not even God could hit a one iron, as Lee Trevino said. So I think you have better odds getting struck by lightning holding a one iron in the air. Dom, we certainly appreciate the time and hope you enjoy the uh, Brewers run the rest of the season. And hopefully we see you out at Aaron Hills sometime soon. Yes, sir. I got Brewers extra innings tonight. We got an ace off. Burns versus Scherzer. Can't miss it. Yeah, should be a lot of fun uh, at AmFam Field tonight. Dom, have a good night, man. Appreciate it, guys. Dominic Cutroneo joining us here on the tee. Aaron Hills caddy, host of Brewers Extra Innings over on WTMJ. Uh, he does stats and research for Bally TBS. He's one of the busiest men in media throughout the course of the summer. I mean, the unnamed guest he was with. Are we going NFL quarterback here? I mean, is that Tom Brady moving the ball around? He doesn't want to know. I mean, it has to be someone well-known because he wouldn't say because the name. Because he wouldn't say the name. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah, just going to be, it's, it's you not, know, yeah. it's not going to be Steve from Chicago, Illinois. Who, just some yeah, random who dude. happened to rent a cottage for the weekend. I'm sure they were happy. <laughs> no, it was it was someone of note that played bad. That's Definitely. Cr- that's crazy on um, Josh Donaldson plus four is a number. Oh my goodness. But Burns and Woodruff, I, I thought that. I don't I have not seen or heard about Yelich playing much golf. I know, you know, when we were at the X Golf uh, event the other night, we saw, you know, Boxberger and uh, Brett Suter. Brett Suter there. there. I saw Keston Hero. Keston Hero was there. Uh, Bruso was there, uh, which was funny because, you know, they all hit the ball pretty well, but um, Keston Hero, I know, gets a hold of the ball. Yeah, I know Keston Hero can. Hit it a long, long way. But in terms of actually hitting it a long, long way, keeping the planet, yeah, that's you always hear about Woodruff and Burns. I'd love to see those guys actually, you know, hit the golf course. Maybe that's some content the Brewers can put out there. And what he hit on that when he was with you guys a couple weeks ago, because hey, you know, they have four off days. Well, that's like, yeah, again, that's it's like being a kicker or punter. They're always the best golfers on football teams. That's what you always heard about in the you know, the nineties Braves when they had Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz. Like, those guys were playing golf all the time. Obviously, Smoltz continues to play golf because he plays it at a high level and is qualified for some senior events and has uh, been ex- been given sponsors exemptions to places like the American Family Insurance Championship where he is a sponsor exemption and, and gets into the event and gets to play. Best golfer on the Brewers and reigning Cy Young. That's a pretty good That's, uh, pretty good title yeah, for Corbin he's, Burns. He's going to be on the mound here coming up in just a little bit. We're going to talk about the President's Cup 
coming up next here on the tee. But first, I do have to tell you about the uh, Fairways of Woodside because golf weather is here, and it's going to still be here for a little bit, and you need to get out to the Fairways of Woodside. What they separate themselves with is their hospitality. I'm looking forward to when Stephen and I are going to be out there in a couple of weeks having the uh, event that we had out there, second annual on the tee open. It's great atmosphere, great food, drink menu, amazing hospitality. Book your next tee time with them at fairwaysofwoodside.com. President's Cup, that talk, preview, coming up next on the tee. Back to the course and on the tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. This is On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Pushed off just a little bit so we could talk with our friend... Dominic Cutroneo, and if you missed that conversation, it'll be up later as he talked about his experience. He's a caddy at Aaron Hills, so he got to caddy for one of the players uh, during the mid-am, and again, he shared his experiences there. His player made a heck of a run and had some great stories uh, to share there. Catch it at Wisconsin On Demand in a little bit, but right now it's time to get into It's All About Their Drive, courtesy of our friends at Ewald Automotive. Sometimes it's all about the drive. But off the tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive. We make it easy. The President's Cup getting underway, Quail Hollow, this week. And this has always been the little brother to the Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup is always the bigger event. And the the U.S. team has just dominated this um, for as long as I can remember. And it was a little bit closer than maybe you thought it would be when they played three years ago when it was Tiger as the playing captain for Team USA in 2019, coming off of the year that he won you know, the Masters and... Uh, it was be- it was played in Australia. It was ended up being in prime time during the month of December. It was fascinating to watch. It was a great golf course. Uh, that being said, I still don't think that uh, the international team, despite putting up a pretty good effort the last time this was played, they ain't putting up that effort this time around. And we started the show off talking about the live tour. That is the biggest storyline here. No Greg Norman connected with the international team. The international team lacking Cam Smith. You know, lacking guys like Jockey Neiman and Abe Answer. Um, it'll be interesting. It, I don't know why, Gabe, but doesn't it feel like an, I mean, an upset would be awful. I mean, this would be a, a black eye on American golf because they have most of their firepower going. You know, no Wills Alatoris because of injury. No DJ. Who knows if he would have been on the team. Uh, but they got all their firepower going. Tony Finau, you have to remember, was on a heater last time we saw him playing, you know, golf. And oh, yeah. The rest of the stars, JT, Jordan Smith, so much experience. In, you know, you know, in this team format for this squad, it would almost be like, uh, you know, some of those USA basketball teams losing in the early two thousands in Indy. This is this would be a huge upset. I would be okay with it though, because it would give juice to this event. Yes, ninety eight is the last time, the only time the international team ever won. Of of the two team events that are are part of the fabric of the PGA Tour, the Ryder Cup and the Presidents Cup, maybe by this time next year they figure out a way to get the 
Live golfers. Maybe something happens between Live and PJ Tour. They decide to work together and they figure out a way to get the Live golfers involved with the Ryder Cup. That was never going to happen for this because the Ryder Cup is a joint venture between the DP World Tour, which, by the way, lost their lawsuit and had to have those Live players play. And Patrick in their Reed's events. playing the French Open in a couple yeah, of this week. Exactly. So, um, you know, and the PGA of America, which runs the PGA and this is a strictly PGA Tour event, and as long as the war between Liv and the PGA Tour is happening, yeah, those Liv guys were never going to get into this event. Can we just punt on this international USA series and just make it Liv versus PGA Tour? Because seeing Rory talk trash would be awesome. That, too, would be a bloodbath. That w- Yes. It would be a bloodbath. It would, because right now they just, I mean, Brooks is coasting. That's what, something I didn't even mention from Rich Harvest Farms. <laughs> he is on cruise control. He has never been happier in his life. Um, yeah, it would be a bloodbath because Phil cannot play competitive golf right now. Uh, Bryson is not the same. I think the interesting thing to look this week uh, at Quail Hollow is we've watched a lot of golf here. The Wells Fargo has been there uh, every year since 2003. I actually was at the Wells Fargo Championship earlier this year where Max Homa won because it was in D.C. They moved it to TVC Potomac, but also the uh, 2025 PGA Championship will be at Quail Hollow. So, you know, we'll see how this course kind of sets up. It's a gorgeous Golf course, a gorgeous part of the country in North Great Carolina. Great finishing three holes. Where golf is. They've had a lot of golf history there. So, um, you know, this is a place we were, where we've seen majors and we will continue to see majors. Uh, but, yeah, not a lot of juice to this event. Although I will say I love the logo of the international team for some reason. The shield, yeah, uh, the, black the black and gold. It's sure. very classy. Yeah. So the one thing I am excited for and I think he's got a great chance, especially after he won the way he won yesterday, and now he's got four wins in his last 41 starts. Max Homa is somebody I'm really excited to watch during the President's Cup. It's his first team event. I think he's got a great chance at making the Ryder Cup team, potentially, uh, when they go over to Rome next year. And I want to see how he responds in this atmosphere. How does he respond? How does he play in this team atmosphere? Because he's somebody that... It's, it's, it's funny, because... The way that golf has gone the last 10 years or so, probably starting with Jordan Spieth um, when he was so young and won the Masters and had a chance at winning the Masters, by the way, the year before. It seems that, you know, in Will Zalatoris, that these young stars are getting... The stars are getting younger and younger. Like guys who are breaking through Cam Young this year didn't win but still had a hell of a year. Sam Burns would not have been on this team a year ago. And those guys are getting younger and younger, whereas Max Homa, I would say, is more of the quote-unquote traditional trajectory, maybe not to the point of when he lost his card and had literally three FedEx Cup points for an entire PGA Tour season the year he lost his card. But a lot of golfers in the 90s, early 2000s, they'd be entering their prime at age 31 like Max Homa is right now. Again, he's won four times in the last 41 events he's played, which is an unbelievable winning percentage. That's winning in an unbelievable clip on the PGA Tour, and he might be entering where he's competing in major championships. I don't know if he wins one or not. I certainly hope he does. He's certainly because he's somebody worth rooting for, and I'm he could be somebody in the next three, four team events that he ends up playing on those between age 31 and 35, kind of like Steve Stricker did 
Yeah, we'll see. It feels like that used to be the kind of uh, climbing a quarterback almost had to do. They had to lose a playoff game, lose an NFC AFC championship game, very similar to Max. Also, it'd be fun to see kids play. Kevin Kisner, Mr. Match Play. Everyone says he is the guy you want when you're playing some sort of team game. You hear the classic stories of Kevin Kisner playing, you know, members at Country Club in the Deep South for, you know, a lot of money. Um, so you'd think Kiz comes out and plays well. And Kiz, he he's another person that potentially, and because I look through this through the through the lens of the Ryder Cup, and that's the one I actually care about because I've already dismissed the President's Cup because Team USA is going to win it, and I want to see Team USA win on foreign soil for the first time since God knows how long. You know, it's been forever since Team USA's won on foreign soil in the Ryder Cup. Depending upon what they do in in Italy next year, he could be somebody if they tighten things up. Like he would have been a good captain's pick back in, I guess the, the that was twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen was the president's cup. Man, it, the, the pandemic thing just it just like, throws up. It just I mean, throws you years off. But in, back when they had the the Ryder Cup in twenty eight, no, they had the Ryder Cup in twenty eighteen in Paris. In Paris, and the way they shrunk everything down there and made driving accuracy a premium, he would have been a good. Pick that year. The way I look at it, if you look at the roster right now for the U.S., there's three spots open next year for the Ryder Cup, barring injury, and really two, because you'd think Zalatoris is going to be on there. So that's between Billy Horschel, Kevin Kisner, Max Homa, and some other young golfers out there. Uh, and hey, uh, maybe boss man, Tiger Woods, able to play in the Ryder Cup. I know, Gabe, that would be, I mean, a bucket list for you from a watching <sighs> experience. I, if- can't, I can't imagine Tiger being healthy enough to actually play in the Ryder Cup ever again. Really? I feel like Tiger is in like this zone right now that nothing would surprise you. I mean, if Tiger came back next year somehow, as bad as he looked at the end of some of those major runs this year, would you not be surprised that if Tiger was able to get it? I mean, what does he have to do after the majors next year? Nothing. So if he's able to work towards playing a couple singles matches, I don't think I don't think he wants that, man. Like I, I He'll those, be there. He'll be there. Oh, he'll be there. He'll be he'll be an assistant captain and honestly, I would make Tiger Tiger Woods the captain for every U.S. team from like here until he doesn't want to do it. Sorry, Zach Johnson. Sorry, whoever's next in line after Zach Johnson, because Davis Love the Third is the captain here. He's been the captain at a bunch of other events. Like, I, I started with Steve Stricker, and I thought he should get another opportunity. It doesn't seem like he wants another opportunity to be a team captain. He's won his one in dominating fashion, so he's done. But if Tiger wants to be the captain and be that involved, dude, you are now the team captain. Everybody's going to rally around you the way they did for the President's Cup. Like, yeah, Tiger, I would make him the team captain for literally as long as he wants it for all of these events. Just keep him involved and keep Tiger Woods going. On the international side, though, it'll be curious to see if Tom Kim can keep it going. Sung J.M. is probably one of the best uh, non-USA golfers out there right now. See what Siwoo Kim. Cam Davis is a guy I love. Happy he was able to get a shot. And then Hideki. You know, Hideki at any time is like DJ, where he can go out and win any golf tournament and be the most talented guy in the field. So we'll see how he holds up. He had some injury problems yeah. in 2022. Uh, but if he can return to that Masters form, I mean, that guy's a, he's a tactician in oh, terms of hitting greens. He's so good. His iron play is so incredible. I mean, he's the guy who just, you know, one-arm finish. Oh, he's three feet from the hole. Like, he thought he hit that bad. No, you didn't hit it. Apparently, you mishit it to three feet. Does he, he does that on purpose. There's no way. <laughs> it happens too often for it to be, like, an accident. I mean... It feels like me when I just, you know, hit another pole, you know? <laughs> <laughs> another double cross. Another... <laughs> 
oh, that one's going left. I thought that one was a nice little. Although I will say this, playing with Nolan this year, you've gotten that you, you've gotten your cut down to very manageable. Like you used to be a big slice. I was mad nice at you the other day. Cut. You started talking about my butter cut. We were in like sixteen. I'm like, hey, hey, let's just wait till we <laughs> get were, to the nineteenth hole. Yeah, you were really upset that I was giving you a compliment on the golf course. Like, oh man, Nolan, I really like the shape of that shot. Hey. Shut up. We're not talking about it until we're actually done. Uh, you need that buttercut if you're going to play out at the bog because you need to keep the play. You need to keep the ball in play at the bog. And if you score well at the bog, you know you golfed your ball incredibly well. The bog is rated as one of the top five Palmer courses in the U.S. That's right. Designed by Arnold Palmer himself. The bog offers a challenging but playable calls, uh, course here in Wisconsin with a beautiful natural setting in Sockville. Go to their website. Book your next tee time at golfthebog.com. We give our course review coming up next on the tee. No ifs, ands, or puts. There's more on the tee with Gabe and Steven coming up on 94.5 ESPN. For it's on the tee with Gabe Neitzel and Steven Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Annex Wealth Management is a proud sponsor of On the Tee. It's time to know the difference. Annex Wealth Management provides investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a local fee-only fiduciary. It's time to put things in order. AddixWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Time to give you a course review, courtesy of our friends at Waste Management. Fescue. Hole placement. Dog legs. Hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com. Today we talk about the Broadlands Golf Club, which is a fun course. Uh, I played it earlier this year in an event that Ben Brust asked me to play. It was a Ryder Cup-style event uh, for 36 holes. We played 36 holes bunch of different matches. It was Milwaukee people versus Madison people. And it was the first time in a couple of years that I'd been out to the Broadlands. And it's an enjoyable golf course to play. It, you know, kind of opens up with a, you know, a bit of a handshake opener, I would say. But then it gets challenging pretty quick with a tough par five. And you've got to be accurate off the tee out there because they've got some narrow landing areas. Yeah, and an ability, I think, to score at the end, too. Those finishing holes are yes. fun. Um, you know, this is an 1800s era family farm. It does feel like farmland, dairyland country. And yes, you can get going early. It It is a link style course to begin with as you kind of get out to where you drive in on the road. Um, but yeah, in a great spot of southeastern Wisconsin and North Prairie uh, is one of those courses that is, you know, it's easy to get it on, well-priced, um, and you're not going to have a death march of a round. No, and I like, especially you mentioned the back nine. They have back-to-back holes. I want to say it's 15 and 16. Um, just back-to-back great elevation changes. So 15 is a down-the-hill par four, and then 16, you go right back up the hill. You turn around and come right back up the hill par five. So, and the par five isn't a super long par five. It's an opportunity to potentially get one of those birdies coming in, short par four, and then a par three to finish. So it's a, it's kind of a sprint to the end once you get to there. Some, you know, for the most part, you're kind of playing this flatter course, but there are a couple of really cool elevation changes that that make some of those holes pretty memorable. And open in 2000, which I was surprised by. It that mean, makes it one of the newer golf courses. You know, the last 20 plus years here in the Milwaukee area. Um, so yeah, visit BroadlandsGolfClub.com if you want to get. Uh, a greens fee and tea time 
Um, I actually was talking to Gabe the other day about this. One of my favorite times of the year to play golf because it kind of feels like it's house money time to get out on the golf course. And especially if you get out on a place like Broadlands, which is kept well, there's not going to be leaves all over the place. You can get those awesome afternoons like we had the, over the weekend, Packer game yesterday, you know, 75 and sunny. You can wear pants, you can wear long sleeves. I, I just love playing golf in the fall in Wisconsin. Yeah, and a lot of these courses are going to have, even when they're a little more open and susceptible to the wind like Broadlands is, there's still some some trees that kind of surround the property. They might not necessarily be in play, but they provide that, you know, you get that fall foliage, you get the color changes, it just brings that little extra texture to the golf course. Yeah, that crisp air, you get a you know early 7 a.m. tea time before our Packers or Badgers, you know, 11 a.m. noon kick, that's yep. the way to do it during football that, season. It's, I love, I'm 100% there with you, Nolan, like full golf is the way to go. Like, the day that, I, I don't mind wearing, like, the knit cap early morning round of golf. Yeah. It's just a little bit chilly, but then, you know, it's warming up. Next thing you know, that comes off. If you're wearing a vest or a pullover, that's coming off because it's going to be 75 degrees by the time the day ends. We're, st- we're about to hit that weather here in, in late September, early October, and there's still so much time to get out there and play golf. Yeah, it's the uh, stocking cap and the rosy cheeks to get it going in the morning. A little wet dew um, you know, to start out uh, Saturday or that's Sunday morning. That's where you have to have proper shoes. Yes. you got to make sure you Waterproof. have the right shoes. I played a round of golf with a buddy this weekend, came down from from uh, from from Sheboygan, and we we met halfway and, and played around to golf. He had to run to his car to change his shoes after the ninth because he wasn't expecting the amount of dew that we had, and like his shoes were soaked, and he had to change the shoes. Nothing is worse uh, than wet feet on the golf course. I got a pair of G fours right now. Highly recommend in terms of nice to wear. I know you don't have a pair yet. I don't, but they're so comfy, between, and they're the hottest golf shoes. Yeah, between you and so Stephen got a pair. Like he was recommending them. I was looking at a pair, and they. I just kind of stared at them for a while because they are a little pricey. But I've also heard from now you, and I know you're going up to Century World. You're playing Century World tomorrow with our guys. You know, you're going to probably see our guy Steve Marino, who is also recommending G4s, uh, who's the, the the competitions director up there for the for the uh, U.S. Senior Open that's happening at Century World. He was rec- everybody's recommending G4s to me, and yes, they're an expensive golf shoe, but I almost feel like I have to do it now. I think you're more of a Galvanter guy, though. I think you're you're a classic kind of golf shoe guy. I mean, I know you have the sporty golf shoes, but um, yeah, I would highly recommend you. You would look good in like an, an orange pair, you know, to fit oh, some yeah. of your loud pants. And maybe yeah. that that could be like a closeout season golf uh, purchase for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to keep an eye out and see when the G fours go on sale. Nolan, we appreciate you jumping in and filling in. Uh, always always appreciate it when you pinch it on on the tee. Anytime. See you guys in a couple weeks uh, on the T Golf. Hub. Oh yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun out at uh, out at the fairways of Woodside. I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll have you on then. We'll have all three of us because I don't think all three of us have done a show and no at chance. least been been together at the same time. You filled in for me. You're filling in for Stephen right now. So we'll have you on out there. Well, I'll go easy in the cocktails then. Yeah, that I was day say, yeah. At, at fairways. <laughs> it's, it's which tough is, to do. It's tough to do. Love that place because so. yes, they're very hospitable and every once in a while, maybe they bully you into a drink. Once or twice, it's been known to happen. Rob's been known to do that. A few yeah, times. it's once or twice. I mean, they've trained the. I've I've been bullied by the Kirk girls out there too, where like, oh, what are you having? No, I'm good today. Oh, you sure? They know my drink order. I'm not even out there all that often. They That's know, next they remember level my hospitality, dr- yeah, right there. They remember my drink order every time I'm out there. We're looking forward to that uh, next week. It's going to be a special show. Stephen and I are going to be honoring Herb Kohler and what he has meant to the world of golf in the state of Wisconsin. Plus, we'll recap the President's Cup happening this week. That's all next week on the team. Looking for the best way to welcome new teams?